Next, this month's special series focus on disaster medicine and preparedness. Unforeseen disasters carry unique challenges and learning opportunities. This month, we present conversations that scrutinize our plans and protocols and ask, how prepared are we? How will we react? You are listening to ReachMDXM, the channel for medical professionals. September 11th changed American history. Many of us, as healthcare providers, wanted to be there, to go there, to help, to be part of it, but we couldn't. But physicians that worked that day on call were pulled into the disaster, and no one could possibly be prepared for what was going to happen. What was it like to be a physician in New York City that day, personally and professionally? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Shira Johnson, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Sadler, Section Chief of the Division of Body CT in St. Vincent's Hospital and Medical Center in New York City. Dr. Sadler is also Associate Professor of Clinical Radiology at New York Medical College. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Today we're discussing the attack on the World Trade Centers on 9-11 and the personal experience of being a physician at work that day. So, Dr. Sadler, what was your experience going to work that morning, saying goodbye to your family and just your usual routine? It was a lovely day on September 11th in, in the whole Northeast. New York City was just beautiful. The U.S. Open w- w- had just finished. The Mets were playing well. The Yankees were doing their usual wonderful things. And I went in to work on the subway. We were living in the Upper West Side of Manhattan at that time. And I headed to the subway in a very routine manner. My wife was on maternity leave at the time. She's also a physician. She had had our, our second girl, August 2nd. So we had basically had a newborn at home, and things were, were going fine. So I headed on to the subway to the village, St. Vincent's, to just to refresh any of your listeners' memories. If you've been to New York, is down in Greenwich Village. It's between 6th and 7th Avenues and 11th and 13th Streets. Not far from the World Trade Center. It's got very nice views of the World Trade Center. And I thought nothing of it. I had a typical day scheduled where I would be reading body CTs. And I had a resident conference between 8 and 9 that was scheduled, which, again, very routine. And I got to work early, expecting it to be a routine day. So what was the initial response of your department in terms of activating people or bringing in staff or lining up house staff? Our department, which is the radiology department, we were all there at the time. There was really not a whole lot of recruiting we needed to do. Had we been short for whatever reason, be it it was not a big vacation time, schools had just started in New York City or in the suburbs, we had our usual accoutrement of technical staff. We had a full staff of residents. Our residents, in fact, were preparing for their board exams, which were the next week. Our equipment was all ready to go. I'm in charge of the two CT scanners, which were that day we have preventive maintenance occasionally where one of the machines will go down. That wasn't the case that morning. So we really were in a, in a mode of being ready to go. So from our standpoint, if we needed any kind of a, a code disaster, any kind of a plan, we were ready for it. When did you have time to check on your family after the enormity of what was happening began to hit? Were you able to communicate? The listeners will recall a number of cellular towers for Verizon, which was at the time a very major cellular carrier in, in Manhattan, were in the World Trade Center. So a lot of the phone service 
in and around Manhattan was disrupted. So I uh, initially attempted to call home with my cellular phone, and that did not work. I was not able to connect. I was able to go through the hospital line to call and make sure everybody was okay. And in fact, my oldest daughter was in school as a routine thing. My wife had taken the baby was, and was at a, a local diner having something to eat. So I left, actually left a message at home and asked her to please call me as soon as she got back, assuming everything was okay. What was the response of your wife when you finally got a hold of her? She was okay. I got the sense from talking with her that there was a buzz in the diner itself, that people were talking. In other words, although there wasn't a TV, someone either walked in or there was people were on their cell. Something, you know, she knew something was up when she called me. And she did call back, and she then left a message in my voicemail at work, and I called her back. Basically, we discussed it, and, I, and we decided she was just going to sit tight. We very fortunately have a lot of supports, relatives in the area, who I knew would be in the area would be available. We weren't really sure when I would be coming home, and we made a very cut-and-dry plan that she'd be taking care of the baby. My in-laws, who don't live too far away, my mother-in-law would come by and help out. We have a, a nanny who went over to make sure the, to go pick up my older child from school, which she did. I wanted to just make sure before I, you know, really delved into my what I thought was going to be a very, very busy afternoon and evening, make sure they were tucked away because I wasn't sure if I was going to even see them that, that afternoon or that evening or speak to them. We basically had our own plan. And frankly, I would suggest anybody, certainly if you have kids, pets, whatever, to have some sort of a plan so that if you are stuck, quote-unquote, at work with something like this where truly, sure, we had no idea when we would be coming home that everybody is taken care of. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Shira Johnson, and I'm speaking with Dr. Michael Sadler, Division Chief of Body CT at St. Vincent's Hospital in New York. We're discussing some of the personal experiences of a physician working through September 11th in New York City. You know, Dr. Sadler, as a physician, there's times at work when we have to put our work first and you just deal with it. I remember in the ER, if you have a cardiac arrest or two cardiac arrests, at that moment, you're not always thinking of your family. You have to deal with the crisis in front of you. So how did you deal with this mentally? Basically, we did it as a team. When I spoke with my wife, we basically went over exactly what could happen. And again, I think it's always good to look in terms of worst case scenario and have a plan. And we basically, to keep, so that I was able to focus on what might be coming up for me that the rest of that day, the important thing to keep me mentally with it was basically knowing that my wife, kids, and my family was going to be okay. Did you know it was terrorism at this time? It was unclear to many at the time of exactly what, what was going on. I think that once it was established that it wasn't an errant propeller plane or small aircraft, that it was a major air carrier. We all had the sense, and by the time the second plane hit, and that was really, if you remember on national TV, that was on all the cable news networks. All the local helicopters were looking at the first tower that was hit, and they all saw the second one. I think everybody pretty much knew at that point that this was a coordinated attack and that this was terrorism. Have you done anything in the past or had any experiences in the past that prepared you for this moment? Well, I tend to be the type of person, and I think a lot of physicians are, you may also be, 
But I like to be prepared. I like to be planning. I like to think ahead. You know, I like to have as little moments where there's uncertainty, if, you know, if possible. So I think there's no real way to be prepared for this kind of a disaster. What one can do, though, is just sort of keep in mind that things can happen and how are you going to go about it. And I think for anybody, and I think a lot of the physicians that I work with, I think the key really was making sure, if you can, make sure that your family is taken care of, if there's something that needs to take place you know, at your home, if someone needs to get in there and shut something off because you might not be able to get there. I think the key is always having someone, be it a family member, building super, if you live in an apartment in a major city, neighbor, who can be available, heaven forbid, if you are going to be stuck at work with a disaster and aren't sure you're going to come back. And I was fortunate, and as I had said, with the timing, my wife was home on maternity leave. She and the baby were doing very well, and I knew that they would be absolutely capable of taking care of what, whatever might come. Now, you may question, as I did, well, what happens if something happens in the Upper West Side of Manhattan? You know, that and the, yes, that absolutely was on my mind and that of my coworkers in that, okay, things have happened down low. Rumors, as you probably will remember, were absolutely flying at that point. We had NPR and other radio stations on in the department. And if you recall, there were different rumors that were coming out of other aircrafts that were missing, other aircrafts that were going down. A fire has broken out here or there. So we really weren't sure what was next. What about your house staff, who we think are younger than we are and may not have that plan in place that that you already had? Were any of them torn between their responsibilities and commitments at work toward, you know, seeing if their family was okay? Ironically, one of our residents was of Iraqi descent, and his concerns were he had kids that were in school, is that his kids might get singled out. Because if you recall, once it was established that this was terrorism, everybody's sort of thinking that this was Muslim extremist, that kind of a thing. And interesting, I know this member of the House staff was very concerned that his kids at school might have some kind of backlash from this, which they did not, I'm very happy to say. Other members, I think, were also concerned about family. A number of them tr- attempted in vain to email, which was down, family members when they weren't able to get through to them on cell phones or get out. So, yeah, there definitely was quite a bit of concern. What did you learn from this experience personally? We talked about the professional, but what did you learn from this personally in terms of facing a disaster and, and preparedness and family and obligations and really really strength of spirit? I think the real key here, I think, as is with most things in life, as I found as a physician, a parent, it's communication. I think the real key is to make sure that on a personal level, on, on a professional that everybody is sort of communicating. Now, everybody might not always be on the same page. And yes, there were definitely differences of opinion of what to do when micromanaging our department. There definitely were. But I think the key was that everybody was able to work through these differences and communicate to make sure that coverage of what needs to be covered got done. So I think that's the real key, and I think that's what I've learned from all of this, communicating with family, communicating, you know, with your coworkers. And certainly what became a real important thing I thought around that week of 9/11 was communicating with the public. If you recall, the hospital administrators were meeting with the press routinely. 
every couple of hours giving updates and really keeping them abreast of exactly what was going on. And I thought that was excellent so that there wasn't a lot of uncertainty amongst the public of exactly what was going on. So would you say that other hospitals in New York besides St. Vincent's are, are stronger because of this and they look at disasters differently than they did before? In particular, I'm thinking of the communication aspect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. I think there were problems with emailing with the networks that I think have been worked through at all the hospitals. I think there are much stronger phone lines now and channels of communication. I think that command centers have been set up at each hospital where there are going to be multiple different methods to communicate. And I think all the hospitals in New York certainly have adopted this this practice. I want to thank Dr. Michael Sadler, who's been our guest today. We've been discussing the personal and professional aspects of working through September 11th in New York City. Thank you, Dr. Sadler. Well, thank you very much for having me. And I'm Dr. Shira Johnson. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you, as always, for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Disaster Medicine and Preparedness. For a program guide and complete list of shows, please visit us at ReachMD.com and download ReachMD's new iPhone application, Medical Radio. Listen to the same live stream of ReachMD medical news and information you enjoy on XM160. Plus, CME and thousands of searchable podcasts. Download the Medical Radio app today.